Hail, hail, Rabonia, a land I didn't make up. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about season four, episode 13, Bend Her. Uh, I have two things to, or really two things to say before we get to my usual disastrous opening bit. Uh, One, uh, this is kind of a content warning for this episode. There is... um, The best way to describe it, I think, is transphobia and sexism throughout uh, uh, throughout this episode. So just know that before before we go in here. Uh, Two, there's also a warning that we are drinking beer this time to get through it ourselves. (laughs) So uh, it's going to get loosey goosey, and uh, that might be a good thing or a bad thing. You can tell us at Back to Futurama, or act at Back to Futurama. Did I say it wrong the first time? I was not paying attention. That's fine. We haven't even had any of this. Like, we've oh, had, we had two sip. sips. Yeah, we had a sip. Uh, so now that we've done with those kind of, like, housekeeping right out of the gate, I want to ask you a question, Ben. All right, hit me with that. If you could uh, compete in the 3004 Earth Olympiad, what competition would you compete in? That is a tough one, because... We do I- only see the one, or... <laughs> the two there's limbo and there is bending that's fair uh those are the two that i know about i don't really know um any other sort of uh events but i'm gonna have to go okay with uh no shoot i was gonna say hot dog eating but i would get absolutely devastated in that that and it's almost an olympic sport now uh, well, right, which was which is why it'll be an Olympic sport by the year three thousand easily. Are, are we sure that it won't just go out of favor? Like, it, hot dog eating will be a, a an Olympic sport for about I don't know one hundred and twenty years, and it's like, oh, we've just eaten too many hot dogs. It's, we can't eat anymore. We don't have an industry about around it anymore. I suppose that's fair. Um, now, okay, follow up question. Okay, specific to summer games or winter games or just any. Uh, this is your choice, my friend, because it's you, you know you've you spent your entire life trying to build yourself up for the winter Olymp or the summer or winter Olympiad. Just what would you? What sport event would you want to compete in? Competitive. Okay, that's usually a good start on Olympic games. Dog. Okay. Petting. All right. Now, is this a summer or a winter game? That is an anytime game, my Ooh, friend. Ooh, I like this. So every two years, you're you're trying to go get that medal. Well, so there are differences. Okay. okay. So in the summer competitive dog petting competition, okay, uh, it is all about petting dogs at the park. Right? There's more dogs. Okay. Um, you have to avoid the angry ones. Sure. You As have you usually to, do. <laughs> mm-hmm, you have to pet the good ones. You have to watch out for the dog poop that pe- other people should have picked up but didn't. Ugh. Um. You know, it it's there's a lot of uh, a lot more technical skill involved. Okay. Um, whereas I think for the winter competitive dog petting competition, uh, you know, you're you're down to one, two, maybe three dogs tops. Okay. Um, you you don't have generally the dog poop to worry about. Okay. It is much more about style. You know, you've got the judges; they're giving you points based on how how the style went yeah i think that's when what i'm gonna go with okay so so just to to recap for me personally <laughs> the, yeah the summer version of the competitive dog petting is a kind of um can you get all the dogs you need to get pet without petting a dog that shouldn't get pet right so so it's like an accuracy event <laughs> yes whereas the and and timed because you have to do well, it sure. right because it's, it's like archery yeah, 
Except for with dogs. Except dog and, petting. And petting, yes. <laughs> Not with bows and arrows, but with dogs and petting them instead uh-huh. of firing arrows into things. Um, and in the winter games, it's more like it's more like a good figure skate. Yeah, but with exactly. dogs, right? And petting. Also, not apropos of the Olympics. I definitely read a Boeing Boeing article the other day that okay. talked about a, a Wolfenstein 3D mod that replaces everything with dogs, and you have to pet them. I like this. Yep. Now I have a I have a, a offshoot question, and yes, we'll probably get to Futurama at some point, but we're kind of avoiding it. So let's let's go from there. Now, is there an endurance dog petting sport variant? There is. I'm just not very good at it. Okay. I don't. That's why I'm more of the competitive. Um, it's it's more of a. I mean, really, when I get down to it, I'm more of the the winter because it's you know like. I'm more about the style. Sure. Mm-hmm. Instead of the technical accuracy. Yeah, exactly. Of the dog petting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like there's additional like you could you could build out additional parts of the games. Like like uh like different different sprints, you know, like like they do the running currently. But like you get the you the speeds the speed dog pet, you have to pet as many dogs as you can within like forty seconds or something like that. Okay. I don't know. And then like an endurance, like how long can you really pet this dog? Until this dog says, "No, this kind of sucks." <laughs> I feel like there's a like a a whole bevy of events around competitive dog petting here. Uh, I think we just invented a whole industry, my friend. Then we better get a lawyer, <laughs> so we can make some money off this competitive dog uh, petting scheme that we've built uh, a league. Look, we've already got a Futurama bracket. I don't really need a dog bracket. On no, top it's not of a this. bracket. It's a league, like like the NFL. Oh, okay. That makes all the difference. Yeah, you don't so, do a bracket until the end of that one. We should probably get to the whole Futurama thing here. You so, sure? Yes. As as the opening bit may have foretold, uh, we start out at the, I definitely, my notes say 2004 Olympic Games. That <laughs> Not is quite. inaccurate. Like pretty much. We start out at the 3004 <laughs> yes. Olympic Games. At Madison Cube Garden. Uh, and there's the, the torch lighting ceremony. Uh, and there's all the teams coming out, um, and Fry's trying to decide like who he wants to to support. Does he go with America, or does he go with one of the other teams he just now learned about at the food court? Countries such as Siberia, but C-Y-B-E-R. That's a very good sign. It's a very good pun. It's a very hard one to get over through audio. Um, the Nation of Joe, which is just a guy, and Devil's Island, which seem to be uh, inmates or at a, at a, at a uh, jail. The uh, professor wants none of this. He <laughs> he's tired of all this multiculturalism, and so he like he literally tears down someone's "Go Sweden" sign. Yeah, of all of all teams, Sweden. Sweden is a no. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they they go check on Hermes, who is the reason that they're all there. It turns out is that Hermes is on the uh, Jamaican limbo team. Uh, for the 3004 Olympics. It, it does turn out that uh, y- usually the Jamaicans have a pretty strong limbo team without Hermes, uh, but uh, Jamaicans have other uh, interests, which is why they were detained at the airport. So they called uh, Hermes in as an alternate. Since his body got has gotten a little flabby since his, his good days of limbo. Lord, as all of ours have. Yep, um, I know that. So... Uh, the professor hands over a uh, flabodynamic bodysuit, which redistributes the flab, lowers his center of gravity, and really just helps him have the physique of a limboer. I I know it does not exist. I still kind of want that suit. What would you do with a flabodynamic suit? Uh, not look as big as I currently do. Like... <laughs> There's no question. I just, I want, I, I mean, a lower uh, balance or uh, center of gravity is always a good thing. Like, I don't want to get knocked over. Uh, I want to weeble. I want to wobble. Because weebles wobble, right? But they don't fall down. Exactly. Uh-huh. I don't want to do that. I just want to wobble around for a bit. Okay. I, other than that, I mean, I'd still do exactly <laughs> what my current job is, where I just sit at a computer and type on a on a keyboard. I just. Yeah. My brain went into a very interesting place. Where, Go on. Not not necessarily <laughs> for you on account of the the fact that you're married, but I just 
I imagine <laughs> flipping through like a dating app, you know, swiping left, swiping right, and you see someone's profile and it just says, I just want to wobble around a bit. <laughs> Swipe right on that, my friends. If I knew what that meant, I would do it, I think, maybe. Swipe right's the good one. Okay, yeah, I'd probably do that. Hmm. (laughs) This has been Mike doesn't understand how Tinder works corner. Hey, man, that's fine. You don't... (laughs) It is... The only only luck I ever had on Tinder was when I was pretending I was a plate of tacos. Um, Oh, that's right, yeah. Have you talked about that on the podcast I don't think I have. Well, it's time. We have an organic lead directly into it so let's go ben uh so when i very first moved to portland um a friend suggested i i because i didn't know anybody at the time i didn't even know mike here Mm -hmm. uh so a friend of mine uh, from back home was like you should join tinder i've actually met a bunch of people through it um it may work for you and i was like isn't that the one there's people who want to do the thing and then (laughs) She's like, no, no, no. Like, I've met, I've met all kinds of people. Um, so I, I did, and uh, I got matched with, I think, two people ever. Um, and then, as sort of an experiment, I uh, set up a, I, I set up a Tinder account for Taco McTacosin. Mm-hmm. His bio was, "I am a big plate of tacos." And then um, I got matched up with a lot of women. Now, here's the thing, though. A lot of people were like, Ben, that's genius. You're going to get so many women. No. Because this, this at this point, it was not a dating strategy. It was a art performance <laughs> where, where I did not break character unless somebody asked me, like, so what's the deal with the tacos? Like... I, if if they just kept talking to this plate of tacos, I would respond as though I were a plate of tacos. Um, and yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty magical. Uh, from what I understand, you got a lot of taco puns. I got a lot of taco puns and a lot of taco innuendo. Uh huh. Um, Some of which are not the right audience for this podcast. I'm probably still going to say it. Um, <laughs> All right, let's go then. Uh, mostly it was like a lot of, hey, you want to taco about it? Um, sure, pretty, you know, pr- pretty solid. Things about being spicy, uh, all of that. Um, the absolute weirdest one I got was uh, some woman was like, hey, what's up? I'm going to eat you with my mom on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know how to follow yeah, that. Yeah, there's how, how, how could you? <laughs> I mean, other than like everybody enjoys a good taco. It's, I mean, a lot, a lot of people do. Obviously, I mean, very clearly based on this, uh, sl- uh, half science experiment, half performance art piece. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually meet anybody through Taco Tinder either, but it was a lot of fun because I, I a ton of taco puns. <laughs> it was, it was great. I feel like Taco McTaco Taco Sun should move into being a Twitter entity. I mean, he'd mostly just tweet about tacos. Is that a bad thing? No. So back in the stands, Bender is getting upset because he, well, first he's like, something tells me I could beat these, I could easily beat these trained professionals. Um, And then they're watching the bending competition Mm -hmm. and these big Bender robots are literally bending multiple unbendable girders at a time. Yeah. And he's like... (laughs) He realizes he cannot win. He gets sad because they are better at the thing he was literally built to do. The one and only thing he was built to do. I mean, yes, I, I get that. But no one, I, there are very few people that are the best at what they do. I, I wouldn't say I was born to write code, but I'm also not the best at it. So I, I don't know where I was going with that. I would say that I'm the best at podcasting and I would be lying. So the we have better podcasts that listen to our podcast. Yes, we do. Um, th- so Hermes lines up for the 500 meter limbo, uh, which I do really enjoy because it's a limbo competition where you run a bit and then you limbo under a thing yeah. 
and it's progressively lower and lower and lower limbos. Yeah, I really appreciate it as well. It's it's really good. We also get uh, Barbados Slim, which is really good. The Mahogany God. I just love Hermes' line, uh, Barbados Slim, last time I heard, you were in Barbados. <laughs> um, yeah. That, yeah. There's a lot of good... That, Barbados Slim is a very good character. They They have a little banter back and forth, and then the race starts, and Hermes is struggling but he's making it and then it's sort of the last limbo station anti-hurdle right <laughs> um he he tries to limbo under it and the flabo dynamic suit fails and spectacularly spectacularly and uh, his stomach bursts out of it hits the limbo stick and he gets instantly disqualified and barbado slim wins it and uh hermes is just kind of left there in a in a in a heap with basically his almost entire f- like front torso out just hanging out in the breeze so bender is in the the audience and is kind of saddened that hermes didn't win but also really saddened that bender himself did not win it's about a 90 10 let's yeah. be honest i if mean that. that's a bit much yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a 99.999 and what have you um and then uh, the announcer says to get ready for the fembot bending competition. Um, and as we've seen before with uh, Angeline, where she was literally bending like wire hangers. Yeah. Uh, the competition is not anywhere as uh, fierce in the fembot sure. competition. Bender decides he could win this and disguises himself as a fembot named Coilette from the... Uh, the Grand Duchy of Rabonia, a, a land he didn't make up, uh, so he could win those medals. My favorite thing about that is that the n- national anthem is literally just "Hail, Hail Rabonia, a land I didn't make up." Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of this episode. It's good. Um. So yeah, uh, B- Bender ends up being correct, and he wins five gold medals. Uh, until all medalists are called for gender testing. Yeah. Uh, Bender kind of freaks out until he realizes he could have a sex change. And so he asks... Which, which immediately afterwards I wrote, Hachimachi. <laughs> yes. Um, this this episode it did not age well. I can't imagine it starting out well. And then it was all downhill from there. Um, yeah. Yeah, he has the professor do a robot sex change operation, uh, which... He, the professor hammers out a new body shape, uh, replaces his male oils with female lubricants, uh, removes his item. Um, it's kind of a, a, a weird, grotesque sort of scene. Yes. I mean, it's, it's meant to be. Everybody, uh, everybody is, you know, like passing out while they're watching this. and It's um, horrifying. You know, Leela and Amy are absolutely against this to begin with like you know that's it's meant to be a very horrifying sure scene i understand it i understand it's supposed to be but it 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 didn't age well and i feel i can't i'm really surprised it made through the writer's room to get to even storyboarding this is the part of the episode where it's it feels like at one point like, all the writers are hanging around, like, writing an episode. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's do an episode about Hermes and his his legendary limbo skills. And then, like, Jerry Seinfeld walked in the room, like, fresh out of a time machine from 1993. Yeah. And he's like, what's the deal with women? They got parts? I don't understand. Emotions? What? Huh? I'm Jerry Seinfeld. And then he walks out. And I then mean- they're like, let's do that. <laughs> okay, yes. Well, A, um... <laughs> Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, please do not add us. Please do not. We are we are not yet. Um, y- yes. Uh, should we go ahead and get that lawyer first? <laughs> it's only slander if it damages him monetarily. Okay. So I don't think what I just said hurts his career one bit. I mean, it's still not... I would I would argue it's not in I don't good think taste. I don't think because specifically <laughs> to take down Jerry's iPhone? Specifically look, 
I'm not going to start a war with freaking Jerry Seinfeld over here because that's a war I will lose. Yes, you will lose. We will lose and this this will go down in flames. But what I'm saying is, is that specifically it's Jerry Seinfeld from 1993. He can't sue us because... He's still in 93. He's still He's back in 1993. And he... I mean, look at the tapes. Go back and watch some of his old stuff. Like, I'm just saying what he says. Are you? Just off the cuffs. You've internalized it so well. You're like, I know exactly what Jerry Seinfeld would say. I'm pretty sure if you look at some of his old tapes from 1993, it says, quote, what's the deal with women? They got parts. I don't understand. Check check the tapes, my dude. I didn't realize how how challenging this episode was going to be. I mean, I recognize there was going to be some challenging parts, but I didn't think the entire thing would be so. Anyway, my point is, yes, it does feel like they were like, oh, Hermes is a limbo man. Oh, we don't have it. We have like four minutes. It's, and here's this crappy plot. I mean, it's doing the thing I've I've complained about for, you know, multiple times now, but um, they went all in on this joke when maybe they they should have backed off and been like, oh, hey, this is maybe not a cool joke. Uh, and then, but like the whole time they're just like, no, 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 we got to keep going now. Yeah. It, let's just, let's keep going. So, um, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, no, just kidding. Man, no, um, I don't, I really don't want to get sued, my man. Like I didn't start this podcast <laughs> to like throw bombs and get sued by everybody. We're only going to get sued by Jerry Seinfeld. We're not going to be sued by everybody. How I'm good just, can his lawyers be? <laughs> all I'm saying is one person is too many to be sued by. I didn't want... I, all right. It, it, we'll, fi- we'll figure it out. Um, either way... He goes through the operation. Uh, he, he Whereas before, he was just wearing like this really frumpy dress to yeah. like hide his entire body. Mm-hmm. He comes out a... Um, I imagine sexy fembot, the the sure. very male judges, uh, their jaw literally drops off. Mm-hmm. And Coilette passes gender testing and gets the, the five medals. And then they play the the uh, anthem of Rabonia, which we've already discussed. Hail, hail Rabonia, a land I didn't make up, which is, again, I, I know we talked about it earlier, but I love that very much. Back at Planet Express... Coilette is being kind of a weird jerk to everybody. Um, Weirder and jerkier than usual. Uh, Amy even points out, you're making us look like jerks in front of the other genders. And the professor starts freaking out because Coilette's like, I can change back at any time. Uh, it's it's fine. I don't have to worry about it. And then she puts... Uh, like Fry has put a drink down and she puts a coaster under it and the professor starts freaking out because this is something that only women do because again it's this sort of humor um, is it humor is it some it- people think this is funny and in that sense it is humor I suppose uh, fair I, I mean if yeah okay I'm not gonna spoil grades or nothing, but I don't. I think I think our demeanor on this episode has <laughs> already spoiled but it. I don't. I don't find this joke funny. Um, but I'm still going to refer to it. It is an attempt at humor, and therefore I'm calling it a style of humor. Okay. Semantics of it are less important than the meaning. I mean, if we want to continue to make it a comedy podcast, we can continue talking about the semantics of meaning. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Philosophy 101. <laughs> I'm your professor. Here is and a syllab- I'm still Mike. Here is a syllabus. It's literally oh, just man. a drawing of me um, playing a ukulele. Uh, uh, professor, uh, professor Ben, I believe it is. Um, I don't see what book I need to buy for this uh, Philosophy 101 podcast class. Carpe diem. I'm going to stand on a desk and then your life has changed forever. Oh, Captain, my Captain! <laughs> Coilette is totally prepared to uh, change back, but then she gets a phone call about how she got invited onto uh, uh, Humorbot 5.0. Mm-hmm. Late night. And goes on the show, and Calculon is there. So uh, he is 
He's promoting all my circuits. Which is, this is probably my favorite part of the whole episode, where Humorbot's like, would you like to set up this clip from all my circuits? And Calculon says, no, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. And it cuts to Calculon in a backyard shouting no up at the sky while there's a pirate, (laughs) like a man dressed as a pirate, grilling burgers on a grill. (laughs) And then that's it. That's the whole scene. And I I just love that Calculon's like, it's pretty self-explanatory. I also love he's like, actually, I was supposed to say yes there, but I threw a little twist in. Oh, Calculon. So they bring out five-time gold medalist Coilette from Rabonia. Uh, and uh, she... Uh, my notes say, Coilette gets weird and starts dancing. I don't feel that truly underscores the oddity of the scene. I mean, she has really, really a bad advice for really anybody. Her advice is to, quote, jiggle their jello like everyone wants them to, end quote. That is a quote from the Futurama episode. It is not endorsed by Back to the Futurama. This dancing catches Calculon's eye, uh, and he he hits on her a bit, and then he just, in front of a live studio audience, asks her out to dinner. Back at Planet Express, Coilette's getting ready, and she's globbing on the lipstick, telling Leela and Amy that men know how to be women better than women do. Um... (sighs) There's going to be a lot of challenging noises in this episode, I'm just realizing. So, yeah, she's she's claiming that really every man wants a tramp. Like, again, her words. Um, so they go to Elzar's, where I would like to point out the special at Elzar's tonight is Leg of Salmon. I would also like to point uh, out to everybody that I should apologize. For some reason, I totally neglected to put Elzar on the March Ocean Madness bracket. How do we forget? Oh, man. Like, I, I feel like a oh, fool. Oh, we're going to get tweets about this one. Well, um, that just means next year, Elzar's return to the March Ocean Madness bracket. It's true. We got to do a second year now just to get Absolutely. Elzar in on it. Um, and this, And maybe next year we can use the seeds from this year and who won and who didn't to reseed and it'll be super fun i'm super excited about next year's march i wish it madness now <laughs> yeah sorry to see you because you're doing pretty badly in the in the rankings right now my dude so. hey man i <laughs> this is not new i do not know how brackets work anyway um so uh in in again one of my favorite lines um you know elzar comes up and he's like may i add bam and uh Calculon's like, I'd appreciate it if you didn't bam the lady. Um, and Elzar's like, I would appreciate it if I did. So I think we're even. It's a very good line. Um, I also like Elzar thanking Coilette for eating so much to save him a trip to the dump. Classy is Elzar's middle name. It really is. Calculon's very intrigued by Coilette. Um, he, he says, it says, if you understand the male mind better than I... Um, he, he says she's very delicate, but has a freedom about her. And that freedom is basically just belching fire in the middle of a fancy restaurant. As is wont to do. And, uh, then we get a, a lovely little montage with the song, She's a Lady. Um, Uh, I do want to point out that, uh, Calculon does suggest quality time with, Coilette? Ah, uh, yes. And she initially rejects it until Calculon suggests he has the world's biggest and most elegant yacht. Yes. I neglected to say that because I'm just trying to get through this episode. No, I know. I it, <laughs> I mean, I'm just grasping it. That was a kind of interesting thing. No, it's fair. It's humorous. Um, so, yeah, then, then we get this She's a Lady montage uh, where... Uh, it includes yachts, which are Calculon's pride, which is in a pool in a much, much, much bigger yacht called Calculon's talent. It's a very good visual gag. Uh, they go out dancing. Um, they hot tub in some oil. And then they're on the cover of Famous Actor and Athlete Couples Illustrated. I would buy that book. Uh, it's a magazine, though. So I'd buy that instead. <laughs> I'm still waiting on my March issue of that. I'm I'm a subscriber. If you are if you work at Famous Actor and Athlete Couples Illustrated, uh please get in touch with me so I can uh try to figure out why I'm not I have not received my latest issue. So um yeah, after this montage back at Planet Express, 
uh, <laughs> in so okay, so last week, <laughs> last week we had this this establishing shot at Planet Express where Bender's literally on fire. Yes. This week we show up and Zoidberg is on, like crouched, uh, like down on his knees in front of the TV. As everybody throws garbage at him, and he tries to catch it in his mouth. It's it's he's trying to eat it. He's hungry, right? But everybody is just like I can't tell if they seem entertained, but they're all doing it. But I none feel, of them look particularly entertained by it. Like they're all just kind of disinterested. Like this is a way to get rid of garbage. I Coil- do I do really appreciate the shot. It's very very it's very good. good. Coilette comes in, and um, uh, basically she. She has a bunch of these gifts, uh, including a giant check made out to cash and a bushel of puppies. Um, and she's going on about how she likes being this trophy girlfriend, uh, but it's fine because she'll just gather up all the stuff and then she'll swap back to being Bender and then sell all the stuff and make out like a bandit. Uh, at that moment, Calculon busts through the wall and declares that he loves her. I and- my notes literally say Calculon Kool Aid Man's into Planet, <laughs> Planet Express. I mean, very good <laughs> verb. It's a hundred percent, a hundred million times percent uh, accurate. And uh, yeah, he he declares his love for her and uh, also proposes, and she accepts. It's it feels like there's a commercial break here, and then uh, Fry gives kind of a heartfelt speech about. How much Coilette means to him, um, which then she she responds, the marriage is a scam. The plan is literally just to marry Calculon. Sorry, sorry, I should point out the plan is quote, I marry Calculon, divorce him, take half his money, and turn back into a guy. It's sort of a two person pyramid scheme. Uh, Fry adds, that's marriage for you. I disagree with Fry. <laughs> I I enjoy being married, as weird as that may sound. No, your wife's a treasure. We we literally have Team Mike's hashtag Team Mike's yeah, wife. That's true. A- and those of you uh, on that hashtag, uh, w- she sees it and she appreciates it. And when she gets this podcast and whatever divorce or what have you, uh, I'm sure she'll uh, speak directly to you. Amy and Leela are pretty uh, offended at this. And I mean, fair. Yep. Um, and then Zoidberg comes in as the wedding planner. Again, Zoidberg Zoidberg moments in this one are not are pretty good. Zoidberg is doing his best to save this episode. He he does his best to save any episode, really. Yeah, he runs in with this book of cakes, and he's like, "I saw a frilly cake in here. You would remember all your life. Order the cake, damn it!" Because he he's talking about how it haunts him in his dreams. It's so very good. Later on, there's a hot air balloon ride. Calculon gives her a, remo- a, a remote control to his heart, uh, which is a very weird thing. It's a symbol of how her power over his emotions. It's a very weird thing. I, ro- I don't understand robot love. Even though I'm pretty sure in an earlier episode, I, I made explicit mention that I totally understand robot love. You are totally inconsistent. This is a plot hole for the podcast. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, Calculon professes his love and he gives this great delivery of the sign where he's like, we were meant to be. I mean, he is a great actor with a great I do acting love talent. He, he does say that if he couldn't spend his life with her, he'd, he'd jump from this very balloon and that he'd even give up show business. And so, yeah, uh, Coilette is is really moved by this. And I do love the line where she's like, take me in your arms and compress me. Compress me tight. Because it's the least romantic way <laughs> to, to say, hold me. It's true. Well, I mean, like, it's really just a word swap to compress me to hug me. Hold me and hug me tight. Like mm-hmm. that, that. No, I, I get romantic. it. Oh, believe me, I get it. I'm just saying. Like, is <laughs> is there a thesaurus where you can sort the synonyms <laughs> from most romantic to least romantic? Uh huh. And then they pick the one that was because I kind of want that thesaurus. Let's be <laughs> honest. <laughs> Who would make such a thesaurus? I am super interested, though. 
right? Like I'm I'm like into Miriam Webster is too too woke for that kind of thesaurus. I we think. right. We we need this thesaurus so I can be like, what is the most romantic way that I can say this is back to the Futurama, <laughs> your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. Hello. <laughs> Bienvenidos. Oh, wait, no, I went Spanish. Damn it. I should. I knew I shouldn't have bought this English to Spanish dictionary. This is a podcast. The, this is a sexy podcast. <laughs> there it is. That now, I, now I'm intrigued. This is your sexy... Uh, what's another word for voyage? I think voyage is pretty sexy. Let's okay. be honest. So what you're saying is we already have the most romantic intro we possibly can. I, I, Nailed no, it in no, one. No, I, I think there's room for improvement if we just put sexy in front of most of the, the, the nouns. The sexiest show Fox ever. No, that's not. That's <laughs> also not true. Okay, that's very good. Uh, Can we change our intro to that? I like that a lot. We'll 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 do. I a, mean, it's not accurate, so we can't do we'll it. We'll do a test market in uh, in the East Coast feed. Sure. Um, we have an East Coast feed. This is news to me. <laughs> I really need to figure out this technical side of podcasting, huh? Back at Planet Express, um, Coilette is really upset. Because she doesn't really want to marry Calculon, but she also doesn't want to hurt or humiliate him. Um, and she, I mean, she is straight up crying. Um, my notes say the professor says some jerk things. <laughs> he really does. Uh, he he does say that it's uh, it's it's getting too late, almost too late to be reversible. So if uh, Coilette wanted to return to being Bender, and Leela suggests that he she will help. She says, if I help you, do you promise to get out of my gender and stay out? I mean, fair. Um, uh, so uh, she suggests using... Uh, calcul- Calculon doesn't, can't deal with pain, but he can deal with soap opera pain. So then it immediately cuts to the wedding where everybody showed up in costumes. And uh, they basically they play out this great soap opera scene like this is probably my favorite scene of the whole episode yeah um because it's this great scene where they're all dressed up like uh uh in various costumes um coilette faints in the middle of the wedding zoidberg is a doctor and he's like it's a case of african hydraulic fever uh, which is the very disease calculon's character got in season two when he was holding out for more money uh you can only get that fever deep in the congo at a diamond mine and so Leela's like, Coilette, you she-devil, how dare you try to take those diamonds from me and Congo Jack? And Leela then di- kicks Coilette directly in the face. It's fantastic. It it seems like she's like getting some frustration out. Oh, I, I, I bet. And good for Leela. Uh, and then uh, Fry rides in on a motorcycle pretending to be Congo Jack. And Hermes is literally now playing the organ at the the ceremony, mm-hmm. like the the dramatic chords. And um, <laughs> Fry is like, again, another good line. Fry's like, I have a message from Colonel Matumbe. He says this is from Congo Jack, and then he throws a spear toward Coilette. Yeah, and um, she has to kind of pretend it hit her, and then. She's like, I just, before I die, I want to make sure you understand that my love for you burns eternal, and I won't, I won't be able to die until you, until I'm sure you understand that. And Calculant says, I do understand. Coilette pretends to die, and then Zoidberg, who is eating at the buffet, is just like, I'm a doctor, she's dead. Like, a distance away. <laughs> and then uh, Calculant declares he's going to star in a film dedicated to her memory, to, quote, honor his pain. And this time, the Academy will not deny him. It's called Coilette, the Calculon story. Uh, we go to Planet Express, where they're fi- watching the uh, the ending of this, uh, and the professor says, shut it off so we can finish this uh, this change, be- this reversion. He specifically calls it, uh, turn off that crap-o-rama, which I really like, because it's very kind good, of a weird yeah. meta thing, I guess. Um, 
And uh, Fry's like, I hope this taught you a lesson about changing her sex to win five medals. It didn't. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, we do. We do. However, because Bender, the the he's like literally in the middle of a of a sweet heartfelt sentence, and then his item pops back out. His antenna pops up back back out the top of his head. And he's talking about getting floozy bots and voiding their warranties. Sure. Then uh, all the guys are like, come on, let's get away from all this chick stuff. And we do get one of my favorite Bender lines of all time. Yeah. That I say all the time. Ironically, because I don't truly feel this. But he's like, yeah, emotions are dumb and should be hated. (laughs) It's... I mean, it, again, it because he doesn't a hundred percent believe it either. It based on the the event sure. that happens immediately afterwards. Sure, I mean, he doesn't even deliver it uh, fully. He's it's it's a very half hearted yes thing. Um, but it's just a line I like because, like you know, as someone who who occasionally deals with depression and all that, like sure. it's a good it, it's a good uh, line to say. Like you send someone to get like. Hey Ben, how you doing? And just like send him a gif of emotions are dumb and should be hated. It's pretty good. It's true. Yeah. It's I'm I'm not a I am not a medical professional. Okay. Um, I cannot guarantee that this will cure depression in any sort. Um, but it is kind of a nice little jab at depression, just being like, yeah, take that depression. You're not gonna let you're not gonna take away Futurama references from me. Depression, boom. What what a jerk that depression is. Bender is, before the episode ends, Bender is kind of watching the ending to this movie, and he's actually kind of tearing up a bit, and Mm -hmm. um, he says something like, farewell. Yeah, Um, Calculon's on screen, he says, good night forever, and Bender says, good night, Calculon. And then Amy and Leela are like, what did you say? And he's like, I didn't say nothing, and uh, you should dress like tramps or whatever. Yeah, it was... And then Fine. he's like, still got it, and walks off, and that's where we get the credits, uh, which means that it is time for... Grades. Uh, Hachi Machi, my friends. Uh, this one... This one's bad. I... I, You know, it. it's not... It, it's just bad. I can't even... Like, we've gone through this episode. It, it, The premise, the plot itself, just... It's regressive. It's not funny it's not funny it there i mean i'm not a writer i don't have all these like answers but it's just not funny it's just like when i saw it on the schedule i was like oh not this one right it's just one of those ones that just it doesn't fit it doesn't work it doesn't there there are bits of course there's zoidberg there's you know the opening hermes is not bad it's humorous uh I, I especially like the way he crumbles into a heap with just his entire torso hanging out. But other than that, there's just it's 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 trying to pick, you know, bone like limited meat off of a bone that's not very large. Cause it's just not very funny. I it it hurts people and it's not very funny. I don't I don't like this episode. I'm sorry. Um I I don't even know if I can give it any grade that's not an F. I just I think it's a failure. I honestly do. I, okay. I don't like this episode. I'm going to get an, an F. Okay. Our first F on uh, Back to the Futurama. Um, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you. Um, you know, it, it's uh, what may have been questionable at the time is it, it hasn't aged well. Um you know, and and uh, you know, I'll joke about 1993 Jerry Seinfeld busting into the room and and being like, "What's the deal with women?" or whatever. But it's it, the this oh ha ha like women use coasters and like have emotions. It's so scraping the bottom of the humor barrel, and I feel like this is even kind of more of a letdown after we literally just came off of last week doing The Sting, which is maybe one of the best mm-hmm. Futurama episodes ever. It's definitely the most one of the most well-written ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clever and smart and touching, and then we go to this where it's like, let's make a couple of jokes about nads. Let's make a couple of jokes about women use coasters. Let's 
um, you know, let's just blat blatant disregard for anybody who actually, you know, is is going through any sort of uh, gender um, identity uh, anything. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I and I I'm not specifically qualified to even have this conversation because it's it it's not it, it's something that's alien to me sure but like if i feel as uncomfortable about it as i do like i can't imagine what it's uh what what it's what it would be like for somebody you know who who does have to deal with this mm -hmm. and um I'm I'm kind of on the fence about whether or not to straight up give it an F like you did. Um, I do think it 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 has some redeeming jokes. Um, never one I really look forward to, but you know it's it is very problematic. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, uh, I mean I'll I'll give it a D, I guess. Um, but kind of an uncomfortable uh one. Like yeah. I don't I don't feel great about it. I, I just can't keep uh, keep get away from the fact that Futurama is supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be a lifting, but this is actively harmful to the transgender community, to women, to any. It, right. You you name an ism, and this episode kind of at least touches on it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even as as much as you know, we like the the Hermes bit at the beginning. Like it's even that's like, oh yeah, Jamaicans just smoke weed sure, and yeah. limbo all day. That's, like that's fair. There's stereotypes that are that definitely there that c can be harmful. But I, it's it it feels to me that this episode is actively harmful for women and and right. and transgender yes. community. And I just I can't. It just fails on a very basic level for me. Is Futurama is a it's not supposed to be a it's supposed to be an interesting funny humorous thing and this one just fails entirely for me so i i understand where you're coming from because there are like small funny bits i but the when the whole plot is built on a off of basically nothing then i can't i just can't okay no that's fair uh yeah on that note I just want now that we brought the room down. I just want to shout out to uh, the podcast. Your fave is problematic with, uh, <laughs> because they do this thing weekly. Oh yeah, no, and I can't do this. <laughs> like this hurt. Like it just sucked to have to do. I, uh, uh, just to part the curtain a little bit, they do like hours and hours of research. I watched the Futurama episode and felt this gross. Think about how they have to dig into people and. Oh man! It, yeah, they no, they have a hard. I, I know I'm. I I just want to shout them out because I get it now, and y'all y'all get after it. Yeah. Um. Honestly, like if if um you know you're if you agree with a lot of the stuff that we said today, um you know I would definitely recommend checking out your faves. Problematic. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Um. You know, friends with uh, the hosts and everything. They're they're two awesome women. Uh, who literally sit down and do this every week? Oh, they they are stronger. They they are made of stronger <laughs> stuff than I believe we are. Um, so yeah, with with all that said, um, uh, go check them out. But if you have anything you would like to uh, let us know about, you know, even if uh, you feel we're off base on this one, but. Um, just if you want to talk Futurama, anything like that, if you wanted to know more about my taco tender strategies, please ask questions about taco McTacoson. It's great. It's um, fantastic. Uh, you know, just if you want to, if you're Jerry Seinfeld's lawyer and, uh, again, joke, need to send a cease and desist joke. We will, I, I, I am trying to cease and desist as we speak. You can send us an email at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. And as always, we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Google Play. Oh, and Google Play. Yeah, we're on all the things. We're on everything you can find. So find us, review it, s subscribe, and send it to your friends. Uh, maybe again, not this one. Yeah, go back to the sting. Yeah, the sting with, was a good. That one. That was a good episode. And, and Aaron was on it, and she was awesome. Yeah. So uh, don't listen to this one. Wait, I mean, like you already have, I guess, at this point. Don't send your friends this one. And uh, you know, again, keep up with the <laughs> um, the March Ocean Madness bracket. Absolutely. Um, 
We've been recording these a week ahead of time, so I have no idea how the bracket's doing right now. All I know is that uh, we're both not doing great in our predictions. I, I, again, <laughs> I'm used to it, but there will be a, a, a thing at the end of the episode to tell you how it's going. So, yeah, um, I think that's it for this week. So, uh, until next time, I'm Ben. Mercifully, I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow. Or farewell from the... I got nothing. I need that thesaurus. The, yeah, the sexy thesaurus. We need it now. This is the March Ocean Madness Minute. Welcome to the round two recap. Let's get directly into the scores. I'm excited for this one, Mike. Scruffy mopped the floor with Professor Farnsworth. Dawnbot made Enos Fry sleep with the fishes. Robot Santa determined Gunter was naughty. Zoidberg shellacked Mayor Poopenmeyer. Bender bent LaBarbara out of shape. The Hyper Chicken found Linda guilty. The Hypnotoad outpowered the Robot Devil. Clamps put said Clamps to Glurmo. That's gotta hurt, but I bet now he's two worms instead of one, Mike. Ogden Wernstrom was powerless to Nibbler's charm. Leela defeated Kiff. Probably with a karate kick. Ethan Bubblegum Tate dribbled all over Morgan Proctor. Gonna need to clean up an aisle five after that one, Mike. Roberto kept his stabbing going over Flexo. <laughs> Calculon acted his way past Ndunda. That's an Academy Award winning performance right there if you ask me, Mike. Hubert was no match for Amy's party board. Lur finally conquered Earth President Richard Nixon's head. Finally, Fry beat that mahogany god Barbados Slim. Let's take a look at next week's matchups, Mike. Scruffy versus the Donbot. Robot Santa versus Dr. Zoidberg. Bender versus the Hyper Chicken. Hyper Chicken better watch out. He doesn't get finger licked in this one, Mike. The Hypnotoad versus Clamps. Nibbler versus Leela. Ethan Bubblegum Tate versus Roberto. Ha-ha! Calculon versus Amy. She better watch out for his magnificent acting talent, Mike. And finally, Lur versus Fry. Those are the matchups of the round of 16. Remember to vote. You can vote now up until noon Pacific time on Tuesday, March 27th for round three. The link for that is going to be bit.ly slash oceanmadness3. The three is important. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Vote for your favorite character to make sure they make it into round four. This has been the March Ocean Madness Minute. Ride the walrus.